Welcome to the Chasing Presence podcast, co-hosted by Santiago and Mike. This is a space where we share our insights for how to live a more spiritually aligned life. Join us on our journey to expand consciousness, live with purpose, and awaken to our true nature. Welcome to the Chasing Presence podcast. Today, our topic is resistance and how it can actually be a good thing and some of the methods and steps that we take in order to push through the resistance and become stronger. Santi, how's your Sunday going? My Sunday is going well. I haven't faced much resistance today, but I think we all experience resistance at different times in our life. And it's a very common thing that people have to have to handle and have to deal with. And uh, I'm excited to talk about it. Me too. So let's, let's go through um, our week. How do you overcome resistance on a daily basis? What, and maybe what is the hardest thing that you've had to push through this week? Uh, that's a good question. I think, you know, in general, one of the best ways to deal with resistance is by coming up with it is really by developing discipline by really training yourself to do difficult things on a regular basis and when you train yourself to do things routinely on a regular basis you end up losing or not losing but you end up overcoming the resistance for doing that thing because it's like a muscle that you develop over time so let's just take cold showers for example a lot of people might have resistance to taking a cold shower because it's uncomfortable and you would rather just take a warm one because it feels better. And so you might experience that moment before getting in, you might have some resistance to doing it. But if you train yourself to do it on a regular basis, um, you know, for me, I don't do them every day anymore, but I do do them at least a, a few times a week, if not more. Um, I have less resistance to them than I used to because A, you're developing the muscle of discipline and routine by doing it regularly. And B, in this case, physiologically, it becomes easier for your body to tolerate because your body adapts to the challenge of what you have resistance to. And so you become stronger and so it becomes less challenging and therefore you have less resistance to it. So why do you only take cold showers a few times a week versus when you used to take it every day? Um, <laughs> I think, well, <laughs> part of the reason is honestly, like I just really enjoy the warm shower. And so oh, I, I do so the same. I think at the period when I was taking them almost every day, it was a time when I really needed to move the needle more in terms of um, my mindset and in terms of healing and in terms of growing. I had a lot of a lot of um, a lot of ground to cover at that time, and so I needed to be doing as much as I could to to really strengthen my mind. And by the way, if you hear knocking in the background, I apologize. Um, I have a new neighbor, and I think they're setting up things in their apartment, so. I apologize for any of the noise interruptions. Um, but anyway, so that's part of the reason. And, and now I feel like I've gotten to a place psychologically and spiritually where I don't always need to be pushing myself in that way every single day. And But I am doing something every day to challenge myself. There's never a day where I do nothing that's difficult or challenging. So maybe I'm not taking the cold shower, but I'm still doing a hard workout. I'm still doing you know, the jujitsu session. I'm still doing a meditation session or breath work or something that's gonna challenge me physically or mentally. I see. So would you say me meditation is a form of 
overcoming emotional resistance, or I guess you could call it uh, your own uh, mental resistance. Um, but yeah, so you do something to overcome resistance every single day, because at least for me, I exercise in the morning, I do meditation, I take cold showers, because after doing those things, the rest of the day just seems like a piece of cake, right? It's like it's you're setting yourself up for success early on in the day so that you can like reach your goals and take the daily steps that you need to uh in order to you know do it i just get so much more energy when i can just overcome resistance immediately at the beginning of the day just like everything just seems so much easier after that and you know do do what you want you know there's nothing wrong with exercising later in the day but I really think there's something to be said for doing it in the morning in terms of just having the most amount of energy that you can then use for the rest of your tasks in your day. Yeah, we have, you can think of it as like, there's a certain amount of bandwidth that we have in a day, you know, so you have hundred percent or hundred points of bandwidth you want to. And as you go through your day, naturally, you're going to have less energy towards the end of the day than you are in the beginning of the day. That's just how it works biologically. That's how it, that's just how your body is in the beginning of the day. You have that cortisol spike when you wake up and you get that sunlight. So you're going to have the most energy. So you want to utilize that time as much as possible to get done the things that are most challenging to do the cold shower, the hard workout, the meditation session. And then when you do that, the rest of your day, like you mentioned, becomes easier to handle because you already did the most difficult things. And also I had another thought there. Um, Give me a moment. I'm a little slow today. It's all good. Man. Also, <laughs> also, um, the other thing that happens when you choose to do these difficult things and you're choosing to do it, that's the important part. You're choosing to do it is that any kind of external challenges or circumstances that life throws onto you, something that's outside of your control becomes easier to navigate and handle psychologically, mentally, emotionally, because you are already imposing on yourself hard challenges. And so you're not if you never chose to do things that are difficult, your mind would atrophy. It, it, your, 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 your hardness and your ability to handle stressors in life would atrophy and would become weaker. And so when external things that life throws at you, maybe it's from your job, maybe it's um, from relationships with family or significant other or friends, when those challenges come at you, you're not going to be equipped with the same kind of tools and mental strength and fortitude to handle those things as well if you're not choosing to do difficult things on your own. Yeah, and I think it's important to also note that when you're doing these things, when you're pushing through the resistance, you need to be fully aware that you're doing it. It's kind of like, you know, whenever you go through adversity, if you're going through it unconsciously, then you're not growing as much as you possibly can, you know, so like if you're just going into a cold shower and you're just, you know, not you're thinking about something else while you're taking the cold shower and you're not fully aware and trying to feel the discomfort, I feel like it it doesn't really do as much as you would expect. You know, it's like, I, I, I released a video where it's like, you know, the meaning of life is to be as consciously aware as possible. And I really just think that, you know, as you're consciously aware, regardless of what you're doing, whether it's uh, your job or going, you know, exercising or meditating, if you're, if you're conscious, the more consciously aware you can be, the more you're going to grow, the more you're going to understand yourself. And I think it's important to not just push through resistance, but do it while you're observing yourself doing it. (laughs) Yeah, that would be the added layer. That would be like the icing on the cake, so to speak, because you're choosing to do it. And then you're also aware 
of the thoughts and emotions that arise as you're going through that difficult challenge. So having that combination of choosing to do it and bringing awareness to it um, can be very beneficial. And the awareness can even be tied in when you're not choosing to do it. You know, maybe something that you feel like you kind of have to do. Ultimately, we're always choosing to do whatever it is we're doing. But there are certain things that maybe we feel like we're a little bit more pigeonholed into doing, right? Like maybe you have a nine to five that you don't enjoy. And so you feel you're still choosing to do that job. You don't have to do it. But as when you're more typically, if you feel like you're not choosing to do something and you feel like you're forced into doing it, that's when you're typically going to be more unconscious, right? So if you're able to bring awareness into that activity instead, it can actually help to counterbalance some of that negative emotion and resistance to doing it. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so regardless, even if you're doing uncomfortable things, you're going to grow, but your level of awareness will dictate how much you grow in that moment. Um, so yeah, so I, I think that, you know, we're, we're kind of talking about overcoming mental resistance right now, but there's obviously a difference between mental and emotional resistance. Um, I, I think they're two completely different things. Uh, you know, I, I know you and I have definitely gone through a, a good amount of emotional resistance. And I know a lot of our listeners are probably going through a lot of emotional resistance, especially, you know, in the society that and the, the environment that we grew up in. Uh, in terms of overcoming emotional resistance in your life, how because, you know, just like taking a cold shower, that it's, it's completely different then, you know, when a completely unconscious thought pattern just pops into your head and starts giving you thoughts that, you know, it's sometimes hard to not be attached to, um, in terms of overcoming emotional resistance, what are some of the mental hacks or like mental gymnastics that you do in order to, you know, obviously become aware of the resistance when it happens, but kind of like tell yourself to just sit with it and be in the moment until it goes away or, or figure out ways to, you know, push through it. So when you say emotional resistance, give me an example of what you're talking about. So, I mean, it could, it could be as simple as, you know, when you're going out into a social situation, um, you start feeling that you need to almost put on a facade in order to, you know, um, make somebody like you, you know, like I, I definitely even like six months ago, I, even now I still get those urges, you know, where it's just like, Oh, if this person likes me, maybe my life will be going in a better direction or something like that. But becoming aware of when that happens and just kind of telling your consciousness, okay, like this is, this is happening right now, but I'm going to choose to transcend above it and just be myself mm -hmm. regardless. But there, it's, it's hard to come into that mind first to become aware of when this happens because you'll just be like, oh, this is me. You know, I'm, I'm just this kind of person who people pleases. No, that's not you. That's just how you've been programmed and you can reprogram yourself. But also like in the moment, what type of hacks do we use to tell our, tell our consciousness, tell tell our consciousness to take over and let our ego be on the sideline, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I had um, some emotional resistance in doing uh, some of this public speaking uh, meetup groups that I've been attending lately. And so I had emotional resistance and I'm like, well, this is scary, right? I have fear. I have fear of public speaking. I have a fear of putting myself out there in that way to communicate with people. But then I reminded myself that I, I have, 
a higher purpose in order to grow spiritually and develop and have an impact on the world. I know that doing this difficult thing that is causing me the emotion of fear is ultimately um, going to help me to accelerate and, and come closer to accomplishing my goals and accomplishing my dreams. And it's going to be one extra thing that I can add to my list of experiences to, in order to grow and in order to develop myself. Um, another example is like yesterday, I wasn't in the mood to post a TikTok video, just wasn't really feeling it. It was just, it didn't feel like talking in front of the, in front of my phone and posting a video and coming up with an idea because it can be challenging to come up with new ideas every single day that are, have some sort of novelty to it. And it kind of gets a little bit old. Um, it can, it can feel that way at times, some days. And so, but I just reminded myself that, well, you need to be consistent. You need to be disciplined. You need to push through and ultimately do the thing that you're supposed to be doing at this phase in this time in my life. So I don't know if there's, if there are hacks, I think, you know, obviously we've talked about various hacks like breath work and meditation, um, getting good sleep, eating healthy, again, cultivating the muscle of discipline. Um, but those are some of the things I think one of the things is reminding myself of my greater purpose, my greater mission, having something, having a greater why as to why you're doing these things that can help propel you past the fear, the anxiety, the negative emotions that might try to prevent you from doing the things that you need to do in order to grow. Yeah, I think uh, one one phrase that really helped me kind of, that helps me overcome a lot of things in the moment, a lot of is uh, confidence is what you do despite how you feel, or I, I might be butchering that. Um, but I, I guess the whole point is, True confidence is when you become when you can become aware of the fact that you are feeling something that you know isn't ideal, at least in your own mind, and you use willpower to instead do something else. You know, like if you see an attractive girl in the corner, obviously you're going to feel emotional resistance. But then, you know, like if you just want to like go go meet her and just see what she's like and just like form a connection then that takes a little bit of awareness and then just realizing that you don't have to act based on how you feel. You can just act objectively based on what you want or like based on what your consciousness wants. So it's like having that awareness and realizing that you don't have to just, you know, act on your emotions or act on based how you feel is something that I try to remind myself in the moment when I, whenever I become aware of an emotion that might be driving, like subconsciously driving one of my actions, I'm just like, oh, okay. So I could just do what I want and just not allow my feelings to control me, if that makes sense. Yeah. If we always did what we felt like in the moment, then you wouldn't have success. You wouldn't have you want to be able to build the life that you want to have. If I always ate ice cream when I felt like eating ice cream because it tastes good and it gives me immediate gratification and instant gratification and pleasure, well, then I wouldn't have the physical health that I have. If I always decided to drink alcohol, well, I don't, that's not really a good example because I don't even have that desire, but let's just say I did. Let's just say I wanted to drink alcohol and get drunk on the weekends. Um, if I just chose to do that because I, well, I feel like it, well, then that would have a negative impact. That would have negative consequences. So it's always a matter of using our, if you want to get scientific with it, it's a matter of using that third layer of our brain, the neocortex, the prefrontal cortex, to make more rational decisions that overcome or override that more, you know, the first and second layers of the brain, which are more, you know, based on impulse and emotion. And so it's a constant 
um, it's a constant challenge to use that part of our brain that is more rational, that is more, you know, long-term driven, that, that understands the benefit of giving up short-term gratification for long-term growth and reward. It's a matter of tapping into that in order to overcome the base emotional desires and, and fleeting feelings that we have. Yeah, I really think, you know, controlling your dopamine is like your dopamine system is probably one of the most important things you can possibly do. I remember when I was, you know, dopamine binging every day, I'm not going to go into exactly what I was doing, but it was very unproductive things. Um, and then you just go on a dopamine detox. I went on a dopamine detox where I literally cut all the dopamine sapping activities. I just cut it out for an entire month. And oh my God, like literally when I did that, like two months of just doing no dopamine sapping activities, uh, you know, I'll, I'll just say it like, like masturbating or like porn or uh, nicotine, weed, like all, all this shit, like video games, all that stuff that just like just destroys your dopamine, destroys all your motivation. And you take a two month break from all those things. I, I literally found my purpose in that time. It's like, all you have to do is become consciously aware and cut out all these vices and you're going to find your purpose. And it's like, it's literally that simple. And man, I just want everyone to be able to, you know, go through this, like go on a dopamine detox. It is the best thing you can possibly do for yourself. Yeah. Um, and just like when, just like when you have uh, withdrawals from like a hard drug, right? Like if you're, if you're someone who is addicted to like opiates and you, and you detox from it, you're going to go through these withdrawal symptoms. It can be similar, obviously not as extreme, but it'll be, there'll be a similar, it's similar in the sense that you will have some quote unquote, withdrawal symptoms from doing a dopamine detox, because you're going to feel a low, you're going to feel down because your brain is now having to rewire itself to not rely on all of those short-term dopamine hits in order to feel good. And so you will experience, um, what do they call it in the semen retention community? They call it, um, flatlining, right? You'll experience a flatline where you feel like crap and you're like, Oh, this, this is not good. This isn't helping me. I don't feel good anymore. I need all, I need the Netflix. I need the sugar. I need the porn, I need all of that. And it's like, no, if you just give it some time and, and let your brain rewire itself, you'll actually come to a new baseline level of happiness where you won't rely on those things to feel good, you know? And so you won't be addicted to them anymore. And that's not to say you can never watch Netflix again, or you can never eat ice cream again, or you can never have a drink again. But the problem in today's society is that it's too widely available and accessible, and it's overly consumed to the point where it is ruining people's brains and minds and causing them to actually feel, you know, even though they're feeling pleasure in the short term, it's causing their baseline level of happiness to be much lower than what it should be. And so you need to consume these things minimally or in moderation rather than the level to which people are consuming them every day. Yeah. Um, I think it's also important to say, uh, that the average time it takes to rewire your brain to, make a habit almost subconscious to where you have the natural motivation to do it every day is like what 66 days, but yeah. that can take longer for certain people. Like for me, mm -hmm. I know in terms of my own healing and trying to rewire my own brain, it's, it's taking longer than 66 days. Like, you know, it's, it could take you a year. Like it really depends on how deep set some of your habits are. And I feel like a lot of people are just like very short-sighted. They're just like, they, they try something for one month 
And when they realize that it hasn't rewired their brain, they just go back to old. Like you have to realize how long, like the human brain is absolutely amazing. It's the most complex structure in the entire universe, as far as we know, but it does take a long time to rewire itself. And well, long time is relative, obviously, you know, like 66 to hundred days in terms of like the rest of your life. It's, it's nothing, but you know, again, we need to realize that delayed gratification is probably the most important thing that you can master, which, which is more or less self-discipline. Um, but yeah, these things take a lot of time, you know, like the, Rome was not built in a day and neither was your, your, your new bl- brain plasticity. So it's like, we just need to be aware that, well, number one, time isn't that important, but just put in the, uh, the daily practice every single day and with, with enough time, it will rewire, but you don't know how long that will necessarily take on average the 66 days, but just keep doing the work, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I think another thing that's important to keep in mind is the influences that are causing you to engage in these habits. Oftentimes, you know, for a lot of people, it can be social influences. So who are you spending your time with? What kind of people are you, are you spending your time with? Like it's the whole, you know, cliche saying of like, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. If you're spending a lot of time with people who like to go out and party and stay up late and drink alcohol and do drugs and eat really unhealthy food, well, you're naturally going to get looped into those kinds of habits. It's going to become normalized. If you're spending time with people who are just telling you to play it safe, play it small, don't take risks, just, you know, settle for what you have, then that's naturally going to hold you back from exploring your true potential. You know, if you have people who are telling you, oh, just, you know, stay in your job or just, you know, stay where you are, don't move, don't try to, don't take risks, it's too risky, then you're not going to take the necessary risks to actually grow. So you have to be very aware of the the people who are influencing you to engage in these habits to begin, because it can be, it's going to be nearly impossible to break free of your vices if those are largely influenced by the people you're hanging around. If your best friends are smoking weed every day, you know, and that's the way that you guys socialize and hang out, well, good luck breaking that weed habit. It's going to be incredibly difficult. Sometimes you have to let go of certain people in your life in order to move forward and grow spiritually. And that's just the trade-off. Either you can try to influence them to change with you, but if you don't have that kind of influence on them, then you're going to have to let them go if you want to be able to move past a lot of these unhealthy habits. Yeah. It's like one of those things where you can do everything you possibly can for yourself, but if you're hanging around people that does not reflect the in the you know inner values and habits that you want to continue, it's going to be very difficult to continue those things. So I mean, I, I know in my life, I'm, you know, I'm trying, I, I care about a lot of people. Um, but, you know, I, I'm just spending less time with certain people in order to make sure that I can become as spiritually resilient as possible. Um, and, you know, the thing is, you are going to be met when, when people see that you've awakened and that you've changed you're going to be met with the, like their misunderstanding, their resistance with a resistance. And, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, you need to be okay with this happening because it's the natural, like th- this is just the natural part of a spiritual awakening. You're going to be met with people who don't understand. They're going to challenge you and you need to use your awareness to f- like basically understand what's happening in the moment and that the universe is meeting you with the resistance and it's just a test right? 
But at the same time, you have to be compassionate to the people that are doing this to you because they're not doing this to you because they want to see you fail because all this stuff, they are just being unconscious. They are still stuck in their own, um, you know, thought patterns that are negatively affecting them. So part of becoming, you know, a strong spiritual human being is realizing that, you know, no, all these people are just unconscious and it's not their fault the way they are. Yeah, but it's not even a good or bad thing. You know, it's like there's there's consciousness and then there's unconsciousness, you know, best said by Eckhart Tolle. There's no good or bad. It's just there's consciousness and unconsciousness. And with unconsciousness, you know, you just need to like there's no reason to get mad at these people because then guess what? That's you are projecting your unconsciousness out. And it's just like, you know, like if someone's ego is like firing back at you. And you get mad at them and start yelling at them. That's just your ego coming out. You're allowing your ego to, you're allowing their ego to drag your ego out. Um, And I I kind of experienced this recently where my ego kind of came out a little bit. And I was just like, hmm, okay, I noticed this. And then I I just, I was silent. I was having an argument. It's like, I just became silent. And then, you know, I kind of just like let it pass through my body. And then I became calm, you know? And uh, I think we really need to try to do this with people who are meeting us with resistance and just be as compassionate as we possibly can. Because if you try to argue, it is going to make everything worse and it is not going to help you or the other person. All, all you need to do is be aware when this happens, realize that you're being met with resistance and that it's a good thing and that you being aware and pushing through it is going to propel your life into the next chapter. Yeah, definitely. It's all about, you made a good point where it's like you reacting to their resistance is just creating more separate separation and then it further inflates the ego of both you and the other person. And now you're in this ego battle of unconsciousness, which is ultimately the opposite of the path that you're trying to go down. So, you know, you'll be met with resistance from other people, likely people in your family, especially if they're not on, on a spiritual path, you'll be met with it, maybe with some friends, you know, who maybe aren't on the same kind of trajectory or path. And it's all about staying the course, following your purpose, following your path, regardless of what they say, and trying to have equanimity in your conversations with them and not be reactive, but be proactive, speaking your truth without judgment. And that is a very difficult challenge, especially with people you have a history with, because the more past you have with someone, the more just the more, um, there's just, there's just a lot more there to, to, to unpack and it can be triggering. It can be very triggering when you have yeah. past with people, it can trigger past emotions and past experiences. And so it's difficult. It can be difficult to stay conscious and aware and that's okay. But as long as you're aware that that's, what's happening, that's, that's how you continue to cultivate more awareness and, and to push past their resistance and your resistance as well. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I listened to new earth recently and, uh, Eckhart Tolle was like, Oh yeah. If you really want to test like how awakened or how enlightened you are, go spend a week with your parents, you know, because the thing is there's, there's a lot of deep layers of um, a lot of triggering events that have probably happened in your life, which, you know, have happened way when you were like one, two or three with your parents, you know, and when you go and, and hang out with your parents for a week, you should use this as a practice as an exercise to be aware of the fact that you're going to have a lot of triggering emotions and a lot of triggering things. 
And if you, you, if you can become aware during that entire process, it's just going to help you in, in daily life. Um, when, you know, like if, if you're going out and meeting new people, um, it's just going to, it's going to be a lot easier to become aware of when you have these triggering emotions if you practice it when you're in a less stressful environment with your parents, you think it's less stressful yet it's still triggering things, but it allows you to practice that. Um, so I think that can be very powerful, you know, hanging out with people that do trigger your resistance and being, and using that as just like your willpower to push through that resistance and be, and be more consciously aware. That is a wonderful perspective. Every time I'm with my family, especially close family with my parents, it is the ultimate test of my patience and of my awareness. I swear to God, it's the ultimate test because <laughs> uh, there's just a lot of things that they that they do and that they say that trigger me, you know. And I'm able, I've been able in recent years to to very much, you know, overcome that reaction. You know, I don't really argue with them usually. I mean, I'm I'm very good at handling that, but it is the ultimate test for me in order to to become aware of those emotions that arise when they do or say things that annoy me or that trigger me. Um, Cause a lot of it also is I'll tie it back into like, well, you know, if they didn't have this kind of mindset, you know, I can see more, more clearly now as an adult, like certain things that they say or believe or do and how that influenced me when I was a kid to maybe not go down the kind of path that I would have liked to go down. And so there's some, there's some resentment still there and some blame there still, but I've been able to work through most of that. Um, but there are still things that at times I get triggered. And so when I'm around my family, it is like, to me, it's like, I'm going into this spiritual test of like, okay, how conscious and aware can I be during these two or three days or during this week that I'm going to be with them, you know, and, and using that as a, like, a like almost like a, like a battleground or like a, like a test, like a, like a, like a fitness, like a spiritual, it's like a spiritual fitness test <laughs> to see if I can overcome uh, the negative emotions that arise when I'm, when I'm around them. Yeah. I think, you know, one way to really have your parents understand where your mind is at, or, you know, at least just alleviate the situation personally, that this is what I have found that works is, you know, if, if you're in an argument with, with, you know, a close family member or something like that, the best thing you can do is to look them deep in the eyes with pure compassion and just realize that a lot of the way that they are is not their fault. And, you know, just, just kind of listen to them and be okay with the situation and just have compassion with them and just like stare them in the eye, you know, just like re really be present with them and allow them to vent and like really test your, your willpower and your awareness. And in those moments, I find that I really can help them almost heal themselves just by being aware and present with them. Um, so I, yeah, I, I think that's a really powerful mental hack that you can use when you're talking with your parents or with someone who you think is going to uh, like arise a lot of resistance within you. Just be as present and aware as you possibly can and just be compassionate towards them. That is going to do more good than any egoic uh, uh, reaction, you know, like, like you said, be proactive. This is one way you can do it. And not only that, you're going to help the other person as well. For sure. Yeah, that's all hundred percent true. Yeah. And the, the other thing I really want to talk about that I've been getting into lately um, is yoga. I, I, I really think 
you know, yoga has been getting, um, catching a lot of steam or a lot of momentum lately in terms of how many people do it, but I'm, I'm going to be doing it a lot more. And what I've realized is, you know, when I'm working out just like regularly, I think I, I, I do forget to breathe, you know, breathing is very important. And with the entire yoga practice, the, the whole goal of it is to breathe through the resistance you know, I, at least the, the ones I go through, it's just like, you know, constant, a constant reminder that, you know, it's okay that you're having a lot of pain in this muscle or, or, you know, in this pose in this moment. But if you can just stay grounded in your breath the entire time, which is what the instructors remind you of every single time you can push through it. And it's, it's just the reminder that, you know, if you really want to push through something, focusing on your breath is probably the best way you can get through it. Um, and yoga is just like practice for that, you know? So I think a lot of people should start with yoga in terms of trying to push through adversity, you know, like yoga plus a cold shower in the morning, man, I'm, I, I can literally like lift a freight train uh, for the rest of the day. It's like, I, I love yoga and I really think that more people need to get into it. Uh, how long have you been doing yoga for? Uh, I mean, I've been doing it for, you know, off and on for years, but like recently I've been doing it. Like I've only been doing it once a week, but I'm going to start doing it like three to four times a week because like whenever I get, get through a really difficult pose and I'm using my breath the entire time to ground me, it makes me feel like it, it just, I I've been strengthening that muscle to become aware and use my breath to push me through things. Like I use my breath to push me through cold showers. I mean, Wim, Wim Hof does this as well. When he goes into ice freezing water, he uses his breath to get through it. And when you, when you practice yoga, you're practicing using your breath to get through things. And this can really apply to the rest of your life. So I think it's really, yoga is really powerful. And are you doing this at home or do you watch videos or are you doing this at a studio? How do you go about doing your sessions? Well, I mean, I'm trying to save money right now. There's actually very many YouTube videos. I, I, I use a guy named Travis Elliott. I, I love the guy. He's, he's awesome. Um, and it's just like YouTube videos, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, 60 minutes, sometimes 90 minutes. Um, but it's, yeah, I, I just do that in front of my TV after I go on a walk in the morning, you know, and I'm after, after that, I'm sweating like crazy. I get into my cold shower, you know, all of that pushing through resistance and using breath to push through the resistance sets me up for an amazing day. Yeah, yoga is, is very difficult. I've done Hatha yoga. My work used to provide it a few years back. I used to do two sessions a week of that. And then I've also gone to some one-off, you know, free yoga in the park type of events. Um, I went to one, I think the last time I did it was like six months ago. So I don't do it regularly. I do do my own stretching and mobility work, which is much easier than a typical yoga session. Um, but yeah, I found a that I have a ton of resistance when I'm doing yoga because you're holding some poses and I'm not the most flexible person. So there are certain poses that are just incredibly difficult for me to do and to hold. And there have been some moments where I've almost felt like crying and while holding a pose because it's, because it's so challenging for my body. It's one of the most challenging things I've ever done. Actually, you know, when you're watching someone, um, when you're watching someone who's good at it, doing it, it seems easy, you know, but then when you start practicing yourself, you're like, Oh shit, like this position is really hard to hold. This position is really hard to get into. Um, so there's a lot of resistance that can come up with yoga. There's a lot of resistance that can come up with really any physical endeavor. I think another big one is running. 
because you could technically keep running indefinitely. <laughs> there's like no end to it, right? So there's you're constantly pushing past your mind's own resistance to when you should when you should stop. Um, so physical again, going back to like the physical aspects of resistance, it's always a good way. It's all connected. You know, physical resistance is really tied to the mind. You know, which really encompasses emotions. So we try to separate like oh, mental, emotional, physical. It's all really kind of the same. It's just different manifestations in this dualistic reality of that resistance. It's all really the same thing when it comes down to it. Yeah, well, that's that's great. And I think that that's a good thing that we should end on because we're running out of time. Um, so are there any other last remarks you, you want to say before we wrap this up? Um, you know, in life, you're going to meet resistance. You're going to meet resistance through you know, there should be the resistance that you impose on yourself, but there will also be resistance from society and from other people and from things that you can't control. The goal is to use your awareness and your consciousness and the different tools of health and wellness and personal development in order to ultimately push past or move past or handle the resistance that you face in life. Words of wisdom from Santiago Roga. Um, yeah, that's, that's an awesome message, man. But Yep, this has been the Chasing Presence podcast, and I hope everyone has enjoyed, and I hope you have a great rest of your week. Signing out. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Chasing Presence podcast. If you enjoyed it, please spread the word by telling your family and friends and by sharing it on social media. You can also show us your support by leaving a review. Also, if you'd like to get in touch with us, our contact information is in the show notes. Please send us a message as we'd love to hear from you and get your feedback. As always, thanks again for listening. Stay present and have a great day.